Today on Locked On Blue Jackets, we are talking about prospects. Once again, it is time for Prospect Corner, and today's episode is a profile of the big one. That's why. That's right, we are talking about Shane Wright with Tony Ferrari coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning, Blue Jackets fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular listener, I appreciate you. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. And uh, today we're talking prospects. Again, it's another draft profile uh, this one is Shane Wright, which I have been super excited to uh, sit down and talk to Tony Ferrari about. Uh, so that's who that's who we're talking to today. That's who we're talking about today. Uh, before we get into that, just a little bit of uh, news for the Blue Jackets. They are playing uh, Buffalo tonight. Yesterday, uh, Wierenski mispracticed due to a maintenance day, I assume, because he played a lot of hockey at the weekend. And... Uh, Patrick Lyonet left early with a little bit of, uh, quote, irritation. According to Brad Larson, they have added uh, Cleveland Monster Carson Meyer to the roster on an emergency recall, I assume, in case uh, Lyonet is not available to play tonight, but they seem pretty sure that he will, so I doubt that we'll see Carson Meyer tonight. He would be the eighth player to make his NHL debut with the Blue Jackets, this season, and uh, but uh, I don't think we'll. I don't think it's likely that we'll see him. Uh, I assume that they just were being uh, overly uh, cautious with Line A. So we'll uh, we'll find out probably about the time this episode goes live because that's how podcasting works. Um, but that's that's just a little bit of a little bit of news up front. Uh, so I am going to jump right into my conversation with Tony about Shane Wright. So we are back on Prospect Corner. Uh, We've got a new draft expert to talk about some new prospects. So uh, I've got Tony Ferrari here today uh, and we're going to talk about Shane Wright for a little bit. So uh, how's it going, Tony? Not too bad. Always happy to talk prospects. Well, I always say that I, I know very little about prospects, I always say that I'm going to learn more every season and then every season happens and I'm like, there's just, there's so many of them. There are so many teenagers and I can't keep track of them all. So yeah, believe me, it's not, uh, not the easiest thing to do. And then as you start to get into this more, you're like, Oh, that player got traded in the NHL. I didn't know that. And it happened two years ago. So yeah. as you start to pay more attention to junior hockey, you start to pay less attention to the NHL, which is a little bit counterintuitive if you think about it. Yeah. My children have all grown up and now I don't care where they've gone. Yeah, exactly. I joke all the time that once a player is 23, I'm done with them. I don't care. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, Shane Wright. So um, something something that's kind of been confusing me about Shane Wright a little bit is, and I feel like this happens every year, is everyone says that the first overall pick actually might not be the consensus first overall pick. And it always happens around World Juniors 
I've noticed. And I always see people saying, oh man, all these draft ex- experts are now saying that maybe someone else is going to be the first overall pick. And then I talk to these draft experts and these prospect guys and they're like, no, obviously Shane Wright is still kind of going first overall. So like, what's, what's going on? Why do, why do people keep doing this? <laughs> drama, baby drama. That's what, that's what we all want at the end of the day. I think that's what everyone, everyone's always looking for is drama. They want to see someone challenge the guy at the top of the draft. And in most years, it's not realistic. I think you have years like Connor McDavid as good as Jack Eichel was Jack Eichel would go first overall in basically any other draft, except for Connor McDavid's draft. Austin Matthews, it was the same thing. You look at back and you're like, man, there's a lot of Patrick Line hype going right up to that draft floor. And I, I don't really think it was ever a, a question. But then you do have the years like 2017 with Nico Heeshier, where you're like, is it him? Is it Patrick? Is it someone else? Like, there's a lot of guys. And, and last year, even, I think Owen Power was the guy that a lot of people had favorite. But I, I talked to some teams that had Owen Power below two or three other guys. So it wasn't like he was a consensus guy at the top. And, and this year, I think, it was supposed to be a year where it was that Austin Matthews level guy. It was supposed to be that guy that isn't uh, challenged at all at the top of the draft, but because he didn't play all, all year last year, I mean, in, in 18 months, he played basically 12 games at the world under 18. So Shane Wright did have a really slow start to this season. And every time he starts to get going this season in the OHL, there's always like, okay, well now he's got two or three games back to back where he's got a point or nothing in, in, in those games. So I think the big thing with him this year is, he's still this generational talent. He's still this intelligent player that we all saw for years. And he's still a guy that was on pace to break Connor McDavid's scoring pace when he was a 15 year old in the OHL a couple of years back. So this player is still there, but he realistically outside of this season, he's only really played a few games in the last 18 months. So you got to let him get acclimated. And, and at the end of the day, we're talking about a guy that's 46 points in 34 games. So it's not like he's not scoring at all in the OHL, but he is scoring a little bit under the pace that everyone kind of expected them to. So I think that is really the reason why everyone's kind of up in arms about it. And, and not only that, but Shane Wright isn't this dynamic presence. He's not Connor McDavid where he's blowing by everybody. He's not Austin Matthews where he has this all world shot as a 17, 18 year old. He's the guy that does everything right. And I think that's the big, I mean, no pun intended Shane, Wright. But um, really, honestly, this kid's just a really smart player and that's where his game kind of builds off of. Yeah, I wonder also as well if it's a little bit because obviously Conor Bedard had that incredible game where, you know, they played like two World Champ- world Juniors games and he obviously had the three or four goals in one game and there was a lot of people being like, wow, obviously maybe we should save all the tanking for next season for Conor Bedard because he's clearly going to be so much better than, than Shane Wright. But I'd be talking, again, I'd be talking to, you know, a handful of, of prospect guys and uh, one of them compared Shane Wright to a kind of a Patrice Bergeron type player of never going to be this kind of like superstar highlight reel player, but also like how many people would say, Oh no, actually I don't want Patrice Bergeron on my team. So coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Tony about Shane Wright. But first I want to tell you about bet online because bet online is back. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next five coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. 
BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favourite sports and play your favourite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all of the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get Locked On Blue Jackets. Yeah, and I think that's just it. I think we're because we're getting these little tastes of Connor Bedard, whether it was at the World Under 18s last year, where he basically led the tournament in scoring outside of Matt Bimichkov, or at the World Juniors this year, where he kind of outshone Shane Wright. It, it, we're looking at it and going what if that talent is is next year that we're, we're all kind of expecting this year? And I think for sure Connor Bedard is, is going to be an all-world prospect. I think he is going to be the next generational talent that comes in. But Shane Wright was tracking towards that before this this season. And again, the, the big layoff, COVID, it's affecting everybody. You're seeing a lot of guys in the OHL specifically because they didn't play last year. But even across all the, all the leagues around North America and even Europe, there are guys that clearly missed a step in their development. And you're, you're going, okay, well, is this going to hinder their development completely long-term or does it just mean they're going to need an extra year to kind of hit the gear that we all expected them to this year? So it, it, there's a lot of questions up in the air, but with, with Shane, right. It, he's just so, so smart. And, and Patrice Bergeron is a really popular comparison. I think he gets a lot because he does play this really smart game to a game, but I, I don't, I think anytime you go Patrice Bergeron, you're really, really banking on that incredibly rare defensive upside where, I mean, I think this year uh, Patrice Bergeron as a 36 year old or 37 year old, whatever he is now um, he's blowing the, the league out of the water as a, in terms of defensive impact. I think I've seen something where his goal saved above average was um, their goals uh, expected goals again, sorry, was something along like 15, whereas everyone else was down near nine. And it was like, okay, well, like that's like the second place is so far down. Like that's all world defensive talent. That's Connor McDavid level defensive talent. And I don't think Shane Wright's going to be that, but I do think he's going to be a really, really good player. I think a a better defensive John Tavares is kind of the one I've, I've gone with a a lot because I don't see that elite, elite defensive upside, but because he is so smart, he's always in the right spot. He's always moving the puck so quickly, so efficiently that he's not spending much time in his defensive zone. So while he's not that game changer defensively, he's not spending much time there either. So I do think that two-way impact is going to be there at the next level, but maybe not to the same level as Patrice Bergeron. And uh, again, Patrice Bergeron's a, a generational talent in his own right. So it's, it's hard to really kind of give those lofty comparisons. Yeah, for sure. And again, I wouldn't be, if someone was like, hey, do you want John Tavares on your team? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, I know he gets a lot of a lot of stick in Toronto for signing that massive contract at the age of like, what was he, 32 when he signed it or something? No, I think he was 29 when he signed 29. it. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, like with, with John Tavares, like he could have signed the same deal, but for $13 million with San Jose, which right. would have just made their contract situation just even more laughable than it already is but at the end of the day like i don't like you said i don't think anyone's going oh i don't want john Tavares on my team yeah it's, i think it, it is just a lot of people wanting to like you say stir up drama but yeah. um let's uh let's go back to to shane wright what can you tell me about him as a player obviously we've kind of compared him to patrice bergeron or you know john Tavares, but like him as a player what can you expect from shane wright when he steps on the ice I think you're going to expect the right play to be made almost every time. I think you're looking at this kid and you go, oh, man, like Shane Wright, he was good today, but I didn't see him do like all these amazing, anything really amazing. And then you look at the score sheet and he's got four points and you're like, oh, okay. Like he's not going to be a guy that flashes like these huge highlight reel plays, as we kind of mentioned earlier, but 
he's making the correct play at all times. He's making the smart play at all times. And then he does have the, the high end tools that are better than some of the guys that in this draft class, he's got a really, really good shot, an unreal playmaking ability. He sees the ice extremely well. Like this is a kid that realistically I could see scoring 80, 90 points in the NHL while still having a good defensive impact and being a solid all around player. So while there is some like concern over his offensive production this year, I don't think it's really all that warranted considering when you see him put things together, it's, what we all saw for the last couple of years prior to this. But at the end of the day, this little step back that he's taken, in my opinion, as I said earlier, it's, it's maybe deferring that arrival a year. So while he's going to play in the NHL next year, every first overall pick kind of does outside of Bowen power last year. I don't know if he's going to have that huge impact as, as a first year player, but then when he gets to his second and third year, I think that's where you're going to really see him take off. And I think honest to God, that is just, that missing year, like when you play no games for an entire year, even despite the fact that you are this generational talent, you are this exceptional status player in the OHL, that's still going to be a, a huge hindrance on your development long term. So I think it's just going to take an extra year, but I still think there's a lot in the tank for this kid. Yeah, for sure. That was going to be my next question. Actually, that was wow. I want to start that one again. <laughs> that was going to be my uh, my next question. Actually, was do you see him in the NHL? next season and if you do kind of are you thinking kind of like a um uh alex lafreniere type rookie season or you know is that kind of what we're looking at do you think or is it uh, a little bit less kind of dramatic than that i think it's gonna be less dramatic than that i don't think he's gonna have uh quite the the poor offensive year especially that lafreniere had last year and in honesty i think that's a lot to do with the rangers development system we've seen a, quite a few forwards go in there now and not really flourish right away. Capococco is another one from the, the previous year even. And you're still kind of waiting for those guys to really arrive. And you're seeing the defensive impact from Kako this year. And the numbers are starting to come along with both of them, but they're still not anywhere near expectations where unless Shane Wright does go to the New York Rangers, which with the season they're having, I doubt he's going to go there. Um, it, it's going to be a situation where I think he can walk in, play on your third line, play as a center right away. I don't think he's going to be an, uh, a guy that has to spend time on the wing because he is just so intelligent when you have the, the hockey IQ that he has and the, the ability to just make the correct play and read the, read the play the, the right way and find the outlet pass, find the next guy that's getting the puck, put yourself in the good position in the offensive zone, find the pockets, settle down in them and, and score. I think he's going to be able to do that. I, I don't think we're going to see a 60, 70 point from season and from him in the first year, but if he's somewhere between 45 and 55, I don't think it's really all that bad of a year for a guy that's probably going to play on the third line might get, second power play time depending on the team he could get first but it, it's going to be interesting to see the kind of the, the deployment for him but i can see him stepping into the nhl and being a pretty decent contributor right away in a minute i've got the end of my conversation with tony about shane wright but first i've got to tell you about rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stop all the parts you need why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choose the brand that their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. They are a family business, they've been serving DIYs for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100% more for the same parts for a chain store or a car dealership when rockauto.com has everything you could need? They've got brake parts, they've got tail lamps, they've got motor oil, even things like new carpet. If you could put it on or in your car or truck, rockauto.com probably sells it. So go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. 
Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing collection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's look at the um, the kind of the Blue Jackets specifically, because you talked about how um, the Rangers development system kind of wasn't the best for, for these young players. Do you see Shane Wright kind of stepping into a team like the Blue Jackets and having an impact straight away? Do you think he'll do well on a team that is kind of rebuilding as, as well, they, they don't like to call it a rebuild, but it's kind of, that's basically what's happening. And I think that's, it's what's really benefited Cole Sillinger's career was he kind of walked onto the Blue Jackets as an 18 year old. And I don't know that there are a lot of teams in the NHL he would have made frankly so like how did you see Shane Wright kind of having that chance to be that player on on the Blue Jackets or do you think it'll be kind of a a struggle for him no I I'm looking at the the roster kind of right now and and with the lineup they have I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to step into this lineup right away even if he doesn't playing on the third line or he does kind of work his way up the lineup into the top six I think he can easily step in as a third line center and and play a bit more serviceable role, whether or not Chinikov's there or Domi's down on the third line or Borkstrand, whoever kind of goes down to that third line to play with him. I think he's going to be able to have at least talent on the wings to not necessarily boost his stats, but he's not going to be stuck in a situation where he's playing on the fourth line with guys like Ryan Lindgren and stuff like that. So it's nice that he's going to have some insulation and the Jackets do have some good young players. Cole Sillinger, like you mentioned, uh, Igor Chinnikov is going to be a guy that you put him on the line with Shane Wright and you just kind of let Chinnikov do what he does at in, what he was doing in the KHL, which is just kind of get to a spot and let someone set him up. And that's what Shane Wright will do. So I, I think there's more than opportunity kind of to come into this lineup and, and make an impact. And at the end of the day, I don't think the Blue Jackets have ever really been a team known for being really poor developmentally, which is like I said, a big factor in the Lafreniere Kako issues that they've had because you see guys from that those drafts like Jack Hughes, for example. Yeah, he had that rough rookie year, but that was because he weighed about 85 pounds in the NHL. And now that he started to mature a little bit physically and just understand the strength that it takes to play in the NHL, you're seeing him pop off for a point of game right now. And yeah, he was injured a little bit earlier this year, but he's been one of the most impactful players every time he's on the ice for the Devils. So I think Shane Wright can step into this Blue Jackets lineup. I, I, I could see him easily kind of fitting in on a third line I can see him working up even in the top six, baby, depending on where they want to play him. If they go, hey, we want you to play on the wing for a little bit just to get used to the speed of the NHL, I can see him playing in the top six on a, on a, on a wing. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see where he would fit if he does go to the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jackets have about one and a half centers right now, so he might end up playing in the top six just because we have, like, yeah. at the minute, our, to- our top two centers, I think, are uh, Boone Jenner, who is a winger, and yep. Cole Sillinger, who's twelve, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I could I could see him him working his way up quite uh, quite quickly, but I don't know how likely it is that we're gonna that we're gonna get Shane Wright, but I uh, I would be excited about it. I think he would be a really a really good addition to kind of what we're we're kind of quietly building quite a good prospect pool. Yep. I think is kind of the the general consensus. Obviously, having those three first round picks. This year helped. We've got two currently this year. We might get a third one if we ship Eunice Copsalo off to Edmonton, which is what I'm crossing my fingers for. <laughs> you know, so, so so six first round picks in in two drafts is is pretty good. Um, and if we end up winning the the lottery, then uh, you know, even even better. But everything I'm yeah. hearing about Shane Wright is is good news from the people who know what they're talking about. Anyway, 
Yeah. And, and honestly, like a, a team like the Blue Jackets, you guys saw, saw Rick Nash for so many years where he'd be kind of quiet, quiet, quiet. And then he'd explode for this outrageous breakaway and just hold two guys off and make a great play. And Shane Wright has that kind of ability where he's not going to be super loud all the time. But when he pops off, you're like, oh, yeah, like this guy was a first overall pick. I, I remember why now. And like you said, the, the prospect pool that you guys have gotten kind of going on right now with guys like Bemstrom, Kent Johnson, Liam Foody, Chinnikov, uh, Alexander Textier, like Kirill Melchenko. There's a lot of guys in this lineup up, up front that could be coming up with Shane Wright in the next couple of years with, with Cole Sillinger. And they're going to be a really impactful team up front, I think. This team, like you said, is quietly rebuilding. And as you look at this prospect pool, you're like, oh, there's a lot more pieces than I thought. Yeah, because it was it was it was a weird couple of years because obviously we kind of we didn't get rid of a lot of pieces, but we got rid of more pieces than I wanted to in that year where we picked up uh, Duchesne yeah. and um, Zingle from the Senators. We picked up a couple more pieces as well, and obviously we didn't trade Borowski and Panarin, and so that kind of felt like okay, this is the year we're gonna go for it all. And then the next two drafts, like last year, I think we had like three draft picks total. Yeah. And so, but it's, it's, yeah, the, the, the future is looking pretty bright in, uh, in Columbus and it would be even brighter if we, if we got Shane Wright. And that's all I've got for you today. Tomorrow we will break down tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres and uh, we might have a little bit more prospect talk for you. We'll see. It depends on how, uh, how excited or frustrated I get about this team after tonight's game. Uh, but that is, that is the plan for tomorrow. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. And wherever you get your podcasts, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Why don't you go make it your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling, doing a really great job over there making making it easy for you to earn a little bit of extra money with betonline.net. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.